Hi everyone, it's Daniel here from The Wandering Year. It is season 4, episode 5, and this is part 2 of the Beltown Bloom series, or story series. So with this one, we're talking to Marquetta uh, from Breaks and Swells. Uh, An amazing person, has been, in my opinion, an OG to Seattle, because we talked about this whole Seattle music scene from when she entered and from up into now and saw a bunch of other really interesting stuff that we talked about we were in a cafe coffee shop in seattle so it was a little bit loud but you know i was able to kind of edit most of the stuff out so without further ado here is marquetta's from break swells converse, uh, conversation with me you just introduce yourself and just tell something random about yourself yeah yeah Right. Uh, I'm Rakita Miller. I'm a member of Brief and Swell, and my friend Lanston, and I love comic books. That's really cool. Um, what kind of comic books do you like? Uh, so I definitely like, you know, like the more, some of the more highbrow stuff, like, I love, like, Sandman, Neil Gaiman, like, basically anything he does, yeah. um, Ellen Moore, like, all the classics, but I also love X-Men. Um, I read pretty much every X-Men comic from the very first one until maybe two years ago. I'm a little behind right now. Yeah. Yeah. I particularly love Grant Morrison. Like his run is amazing. Yeah. I just, I grew up reading comics, like reading them with my dad and stuff. So it's like something I really love. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I guess my first question is, I'm curious, like, how was it to like live in Alaska? Like, was it, was it fun? I mean, there are things that are great about it and things that are awful about it. I mean, I am almost 38, so I definitely grew up like pre-internet and social media. And so the isolation was real. Oh, wow. Like every trend was that like a six to eight month like backlog. Oh my gosh. So, you know, like when everyone was into swing dancing, that was the thing like two years later in a lot But, you know, I mean, now with like the internet and social media, things are a little more accessible. Like, it's still a huge place. Not even a million people. Whoa. And it's definitely a really interesting, like, political identity like yeah. you really have a lot of people who are conservative but mm-hmm. also generally like don't think that they have any right to say anything about what anyone else does so it's kind of a weird juxtaposition of like yeah. definitely lots of christian a ton of mormons like i'm gonna say last was maybe like in the top three like most mormon state that's interesting. Like Mitt Romney went Alaska, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Or the least <laughs> ton of Mormon. Um, you know, I mean, you also have like a lot of hippies who also have guns, but a lot of people also like actually hunt for sustenance. Like, definitely helps my boyfriend's family like bring down a moose one. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Like, you know, I grew up like fishing and all that. Yeah. Like, if you love the outdoors, Alaska's a cool place to be. Like, I snowboard, so yeah, and spend a lot of time doing that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it has its pros and cons, like any room. Mm-hmm. You can't really eat anywhere after like nine thirty. 
Is it because of dark or just? No, it's places from stay open. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But I mean, summer is crazy because it's like this. Yeah. From May to like August. Well, Like it's just never dark. Um, okay. Which is kind of wild that you like walk out of the bar yeah. at like three o'clock in the morning and it's like broad daylight. Yeah. And you're like, oh, dip, what time is it? it like, I definitely said I was going to be home three hours. Yeah. And my folks still live up there, so I try to go visit them. There's such like thoughts in it. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. That's really cool. And, you know, it's cool to, like, as a musician, like, growing up there was really inter- interesting for, like, everyone from a band. But there's only, like, one or two of each kind of band, so you can't really do, like, you know, you throw a show. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like the tender folk band is going to open for like the punks. And then there's like the headliners, like a metal band who also has a cello player, like just super weird shit like that. Yeah. yeah. But- so like, I kind of grew up in that, like shows more about a vibe than every band sounding the same. Yeah. Which is something I really like taking into account when I book now. Like, I don't necessarily care if we play with like two other soul bands. Yeah. I just want to be like, are we all going to have a good time? Is everyone going to have a good time? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess kind of going off of that, like, did that kind of like, kind of help you as a better musician to, to kind of be with like a heavy metal band and like a rap artist and, but you're like in your like own band or whatever. I mean, I think it's definitely really easier to just be like, a person who goes to show and like being able to just like talk to people, like meet other bands and like, Hey, like maybe I'm not going to like stay with your bands. So I'm going to come to your show. Yeah. So, like tell other people about your bands and like, Oh, well, though maybe we will play together. Like, and when is it the right thing, the right time? Like, I don't know. I don't think there like should be a whole lot of restrictions about like who plays with who. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think. Yeah, I think, I think the vibe and energy is the most important. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, otherwise, like, I've like, I mean, I've gone to like some shows personally that I'm like, I would never listen to this music, but the energy and vibe is perfect. Totally, it's like it's that hit, you know. Uh, we, we just played with Haley Grave this last weekend, yeah. and she's got a very like early two thousand kind of like pop punk princess thing going on which like you look at like Olivia Rodrigo and like Willow like that's definitely a vibe that's coming back in mm-hmm. and sure like musically we're maybe lean not like super similar but yeah. it was just a really fun show with yeah. fun vibe it's awesome yeah I like it it's really cool yeah um I guess kind of going off of that like what what are your like your top three concerts that you've ever like that you've gone to or even like within the last five years let's say that are like memorable. Okay. Um, I saw Stevie Wonder on his Songs When Key Life tour and maybe like, well, you know, 2016, maybe something like that. He yeah. played at Key Arena and he was like, that's the Beyond show. Like, yeah, I, I mean, he played the whole record. I'm pretty sure I started crying during Lungs and Heat of Love today, yeah. which is the first song. And uh, I don't think I stopped crying for like his entire set. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I told my mom that it's like, you know, like people go to the Vatican, they go to Mecca, like this is the closest thing yeah. to like a massive religious experience for me. Yeah. I see CD Wonder. Um, Makes sense. My favorite, my hero, my number one. <laughs> uh, 
that was incredible. Yeah. Maybe almost untouchable. <laughs> yeah, I think the first like big show I went to post COVID was CFRT Strange, uh, Neptune, and just suddenly being at a sold out show for the first time in two years was kind of wild, mm-hmm. a little bit stressful. Yeah. But also, I just have been like really following like his come up during this like last two years. For them. Also, how interesting to really like blow up during the pandemic. Yeah, seriously. But you can't really tour like it's uh, it was really like I fell in love with like the cover record he did for like the national. And then like his solo record is so amazing. And I saw like a really cool live stream. Because you know, live streams were like some hit or miss. Yeah, exactly. And there's a couple that I really loved, like Kylie Minogue's live stream was like amazing. She did her full concert in like an empty warehouse. But like filmed it. That's pretty good. It was amazing. Yeah. But like getting to see him, like getting to see Bartius like in real life after all this time. And then also like seeing a black band like playing music that maybe isn't like you know, it's playing rock and roll. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, yeah. So to get to like see that as kind of a first show back was, I don't know, really powerful. I was so amped. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That really meant a lot to me. It's really cool. I mean, I gotta give it up to Method Man Red Man. Yeah. Amazing. On like the uh, Blackout 2 tour, they were like doing blunt tricks and not crowd surfing, but crowd walking. And yeah. it, like, Literally, people just pulling them up by like their feet as uh, they like walked across the stage. It's a lot of trust. Like, I, I don't know, who wants to be the guy who drops med? Yeah. No one's yeah, yeah, that yeah, guy. Good point. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, Seattle is such like an incredible city to see music in. I've been here for like 17 years and I'm seeing some really amazing shows. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so I guess, I, okay, I'm, this is kind of like off topic per se, but I'm like kind of curious, like, like, okay, the scene when you came to Seattle, let's say 16, 17 years ago versus now, I mean, sure, venues change, hands change, all that stuff. But like, overall, do you think that like it's getting better now or do you think that 17 years ago it was the, like the peak, like. Where do you see it? I mean, I frankly just feel like the scene's more inclusive. I think you'd see more like bands of color, more like bands fronted by women, by femmes, like queer people, um, bands that are just rock. They're saying like soul and pop, like really get, and like even hip hop, which I still feel like not enough love is given to the hip hop and rap scene in like Seattle, Tacoma, like neighboring area. Mm-hmm. But I do think you're seeing more recognition for like Seattle since it's a rock town. Really? It's not just like white dudes in torn jeans like yeah. dominating the scene. I yeah. think you have a lot more appreciation for, you know, people like Shayna Shepard. I think like I love every time Shayna gets shined, that like makes me so happy. And I mean, I think she's someone who's really like, uh, also kind of like transcending like 
yeah, Shana, like a black woman with like this big like boy, mm-hmm. but she was in barracks. She is doing stuff with Tongue, Like she's doing all of her own solo stuff and they're all like different. Yeah. So I think like versatility is really being embraced in a way that maybe it wasn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, and just like allowing you know, people like the black tones, like, uh, like, you know, Blackens, but Nicole, like Maya Marie, like yeah. giving spaces like these people who are maybe not playing like black music. Yeah, yeah, but yeah exactly. like rock and roll is black music. Yes. So like giving giving us the space to like just express yourself. Present our art form and be like, yeah, it's not our it's not just R and D, it's not just soul, like it's not just hip hop, like black people are the architects of all of this popular music. And yeah, just having more recognition of that. I think that's something that's definitely ramped up in the last like four years and particularly in the last two. Yeah. And so it's because I think people maybe like had to sit down and like think about like who are they looking for promoting? Do they all look the same? Do they all sound the same? Yeah, like, exactly. This last two years has maybe put the pressure on people to really stop and think about like how are they contributing to. I mean, go over it, but like, how are they contributing to white supremacy? How are they contributing to like the idea of just default whiteness in spaces, particularly in music, particularly in rock? Yeah. yeah. I think there's been some introspection happening in the last two years, which I think is really important. Yeah. I like that. Um, well, yeah, that's amazing. Cause like, I, I mean, I was like, I'm born and raised here in like, not Seattle, Seattle, but the suburbs, yeah, basically. Um, but like, I I personally didn't start coming to the, like Seattle to go to shows until like like twenty sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, but there's there is a huge difference, like you were saying, from twenty sixteen to like let's say now. Yeah, where it's just like people are like awakening, you know, and awaken, and they're able to like go to see different things that you would not see four or five years ago. Yeah. And it's really cool, especially on my end where I'm like still kind of getting this scene a little bit and figuring out like how to book shows and all that stuff. But it's fun that like bigger venues that I saw when I was younger are like opening up to me to put in stuff there. Yeah. And not only would have happened five years ago or even COVID timing. Right. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, so I guess kind of off of that, like, uh, I guess, how'd you come up with the name? Uh, you know, honestly, we were just talking about this and no one can really remember exactly who came up with it. Yeah. You know, it's like, we were, we came up with a couple of little things and we'd like Google it and we were like, oh, that's taken or it's really close to something else. And I think we were just kind of trying to evoke, like, Seattle, like, the ocean, the wilderness, like, that whole thing. And so, I mean, really, like, if someone remembers who it actually was, I'd love to give them credit. Fair enough. But, like, kind of putting together, like, oh, break the swells, like, the ocean, the break the swells, like, things and music as well. Okay. So kind of having that double reference. Yeah. But we're not a surf rock band, which I think is like an assumption. Yeah, I like that. Um, 
I guess, okay, so my, uh, I don't know about that, like what in like, in one sentence, what would you describe your music as? Or two sentences, <laughs> let's do two sentences. Okay. Classic soul through a lens of like the 40 years of music since then. Yeah. Uh, like if Marvin Gaye loved Steely Dan and also like Ariana Grande. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we're really not trying to be like, like we all love Sharon Jones. And that is such a perfect example of how you do nostalgia, right? But I mean, we wanted to do something like a little more personal to us, like where we really could like, you know, me and a couple other of my bandmates, like we love emo, like huge emo fans, like huge, like pop punk fans. Yeah. Um, and just like everyone has so many different influences. So it's like trying to live in this ethos that like we love soul music yeah. and then how do we bring everything else into the fold but still keeping like the core soul music in the forefront. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. I was something I like really admired about your guys' music was like when I was listening. Well, I was listening to like the very first time before you were talking about, and it was just really cool to hear all of like the different like sounds and feelings and emotions and whatnot, just everything all encompassed. It was really cool. Yeah, um, is all uh, done intentionally, or or is it like, or do you all as bandmates just come like and are like, you know, I had this really like crazy day. And I had this because too, and you kind of mix your emotions together, or how do you go from there? I mean, I would say like the writing process is kind of really different from song to song. So sometimes it's like somebody comes in with like pretty much a whole song done. And they're like, hey guys, like this, what's up? Like, let's learn this and then arrange it for the band. Or sometimes like a horn player or like our bassist, Grace, who like Grace actually has written a lot of our music kind of in the sway where he comes in with like a cool like groove we all jam on it and then i basically will just like hit record and like sing nonsense yeah and then like either go back to my phone and look for lyrics or write something or like maybe i'll have like one line or something that comes up over and over again um and then i'll kind of write from there but i mean it honestly like we just kind of approach a song the way it comes to us like whether we do it as a group whether one person kind of is like the architect um i personally do pretty much like all the melodies of lyric but i mean sometimes like i have those first or like i even have songs that are pretty much i wrote entirely before i brought them to the band yeah so it's just really like I don't know whatever anyone's been working on and how we want to approach it. So it is cool to have like all these different methods yeah. how to get from A to B. Yeah. Like it was different every time. Yeah. But it allows like everyone to kind of have a boy that maybe you wouldn't like necessarily get not being like the lead guitar player, like being the singer. Like we try to give everyone like this room to bring that, bring the band, bring the group yeah. ideas. And then we get to build on those together. Oh, I like that. Man, that's really cool. Cause yeah, that is what I noticed. 
I gotta say, like, it's like open to tasting. And I love, like, I hear that that's a good thing to approach when you're doing your music. It's just like, like you said, just anybody has a voice because you can kind of learn from somebody, you know, like, yeah. And, and that's the whole point of from Dr. We were talking about, like, the vibe and the energy, right? Like, if you get someone's vibe and energy and you give them a voice. Yeah. I mean, then, like, then we all have these, like, different experiences and, like, I don't know, just different lived experiences. Like, four to seven members of our band are Black. Like, we have members who are Jewish. Like, never members who's Japanese, but our members are gay. Like, yeah. we have a little, like, I don't know. Like, everyone just has these different perspectives. And instead of, like, I don't know, tokenizing these experiences, we can acknowledge them and bring them all together, all these different influences. Yeah, like, all these different lived perspectives. Yeah. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, I like that. I mean, in kind of, like, we don't always get along. There are seven of us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we've been, the core group has been together for 10 years. Wow. But it's all about, like, we still have this, like, love and this shared desire to do this music. And that generally transcends, like, most. Cool stuff. Yeah. Makes sense. That's cool. Um, kind of, I guess kind of going off of that, I, how do you, either as a band or you personally, how do you not overanalyze something that you're working on or something you're writing on or something that's, like, present in front of you? And how do you not like, yeah, exactly. Like, how do you not overanalyze something that you just created uh, as a band or you yourself? Sure. I mean, I think as like an individual artist, I'm definitely guilty of that. Like never feeling like something's done or like it's ready. But I feel like as a band, we're all really good at like letting something live in the moment it exists. Like, we recorded in October of 2020, and we actually had quite an, a couple songs, like maybe three of them that were barely really like done before we went in the studio. And granted, even two years later, we play them a little differently now. I sing them differently now. Like we've gotten to live with them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like that recording is a moment in time. It's where we were at together mm-hmm. with those songs at that moment. And I think that's just such a really big thing with that, like, just allowing things to exist where they're at and not, like, belaboring, like, all these little tiny things. But at the end of the day, like, is that really going to bring somebody else joy that we, like, freaked out about, like, this one bar? Or is it really just going to, like, stress us out? And is anyone else really going to feel this the same? We, like, the same way we felt about it. I'm like, fucking not. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like letting go a little bit. This thing like, okay, like, this can go exist now. I'm not to say that it won't, like, change, mutate, whatever over time, but allowing a song to just exist in the moment it existed in. It's a hard thing to do, but I think most musicians are better for it. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's beautiful. I, I wish I, oh, I'm, I'm kind of getting there, I should say. Um, but I do still have those moments where I'm like, mm, like, 
let me just edit this or like move this around. But I do like what you're saying because in a weird way, it's very freeing to just like put something out and like move on. And yeah, just let it live. Yeah, I like it. That's really kind of like our ethos. I mean, also like we definitely like our last handful of records have all been recorded within like a handful of days. Like I drew my vocals like in that short period of time. So it's like whatever we did in that five days to make a record, like that's where those songs land. That's awesome. It's really good. I like that. Um, kind of going off of that, you talked a lot about like timing. Um, do you, this is kind of a two-part question. So I guess the first part is like, do you believe in timing in terms of like timing opportunities, timing that is of my nature? Second part of it is like, do you think that timing and, and being and like timing and also being like the idea of like, um, serendipity kind of coming together, do you think those are the same, you're different. Where do you see yourself in that? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I think hard work beats most things. But at the end of the day, like, it's disingenuous to say that it isn't luck. It isn't getting in front of the right person at the right time, doing the right thing at the right time. And I think us, like most bands in the last two years, are maybe staring down a summer that looks a lot like summer of 2020. Mm-hmm. We are looking at so many opportunities just to have them be like literally snatched away. Like, so, like, just so many things. Like, I mean, I remember being, you know, April, March, well, I guess maybe a little earlier than that, February, March of 2020, and looking at a booked six months. Festivals we wanted to play, tour we really wanted to do. We were going to go into the studio May in 2020, just looking at all this stuff and then just in such a short period of time, just having all of that gone. Yeah. But now we're looking at 2022 and honestly looking at a really similar bummer. Some of the same things we'd planned on doing in 2020. Now we're happening again like timber which like we're very excited about being timber um and just getting that festivals again uh or just playing shows and like really hoping they happen yeah so i mean i yes i do believe like training does matter but i think you can't let that rule you But yeah, it's a, it's a weird spot to be in, like, right now, being like, okay, we're booked through, like, September. I think it's going to be, like, a really productive and lucrative summer for us, but that's if everything happened, you know, not on wood, like, it's what I'm supposed to. Definitely. So, I mean, I definitely think, and I've talked to, like, other people about this, there's, like, a cautiousness now of, like, you almost, like, you don't want to get your hopes up, like, it's hard to plan ahead. Because who the fuck knows, like, where we're going to be in two months, four months, six months. Like, even going on tour, like, out of date, seems tricky right now. Because, I mean, one or two canceled shows that... It's a bit... When you're already working on, like, kind of a thin margin. Yeah. 
So, I mean, yeah, but you know, I don't know. I guess I feel like I've been in a phase a lot of times where it's like, all right, guys, we get to do this. Like, this is the thing. This is going to be the thing that like she puts into the stratosphere. Yeah. No. Here we are still. And so, like, I think it's maybe wise to not get super hung up on like every little thing and really try to pick at it it's like where's your trajectory like there's nothing wrong with the like, gentle upward curve. yeah you know exactly uh, but yeah but yeah it it, it it is hard to kind of be in those places where you're like this has got to be it like this has got to be the big break and we're yeah. like well it was good yeah it wasn't all bad yeah but like it was good yeah i like that yeah, I like, so like, if, immediately when you talked about like luck, uh, I think that even for me personally, sometimes I do allow timing to ruin my life because I'm like, okay, bro, all right, timing, come like, put me in this spot, you know, and to each your own. But um, that kind of, okay, that kind of reminds me of like, this idea that, or like what you said was like luck, like, do you think that all like any of the opportunities that have came to you, like one, obviously are good, but do you think that the ones that you missed, do you think that we would still have got them had everything was perfect? Or do you think that that opportunity missed was a good reason for it being missed because of whatever reason? I mean, How do you gauge that? You know, I don't even know if we can really think of anything that I'm like, ah, oh, dang, I wish we would have done that. Yeah. Cause like. I do a lot of, I do most of our cooking. And I try to be pretty open to like, hey, like maybe this isn't in a well-playing, like well-playing show or in the most like prestigious show, but like, let's fucking do this because it's fun. And like, I don't think you never, I mean, when I think about like thriving and luck, it's not about looking for that kind of stuff. It's about being open and being available for that kind of shit to come to you. Like, to let people find you, to, like, let, you know, serendipity, like, into your life. Like, yeah. I mean, that's to be, like, too woo-woo about it. But it's, like, you know, you can chase things all you want. And you may be totally missing things that are right in front of you that would maybe benefit you more in the long run, even if it isn't, like, the biggest check or, like, the biggest name, like, my whatever it is you're doing yeah um i mean i i'm in a group as well called night night which is like ishmael butler and did well later so should ask palaces um and like osme node um and eric led who's an amazing producer and musician at his own right i met eric led three blocks down the street at the bus stop Wasted at a karaoke night like 11 years ago. Oh my gosh. And because I met him yeah. many years later, I got to be in a band and be in a record with like one of my fucking useful heroes. Wow. I loved Digital Planets as a kid. Like, I love Ish. And like, to get to do that and go on tour with them. And like, Eric Webb made our last record. Yeah. Like, Bye. you never know where those women on there are going to. Like, you never know when that kind of stuff's going to happen to you. Exactly. And maybe at the time, it doesn't even seem like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the thing. 
they just never know like who's gonna remember you who's gonna wanna like work with you and maybe like it's not gonna be right at the moment exactly but like you just never know who like you're just living rent free in somebody's head until yeah. they have something for you like yeah. wow. but i definitely believe in like letting things manifest yeah. you know so, yeah that's wow that's that's amazing like the that progression to like meet you know him at like in the situation you're like oh wait that's him and then like carries on to like you know where you're at now that's really cool. That's yeah. Very awesome. I was like, I got to go on tour with them and like, we yeah. have a record on Sub Pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, if you told me when I was like 19, that someday I would have like Sub Pond credits and like get a tiny little royalty check every once in a while on Sub Pond. Yeah. I would have never believed that because I met some dude at Korea, he even was drunk. The fuck? Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's so I think like just being open, like being open to experiences and opportunities and doing things that seem scary or outside of like your wheelhouse, like all that shit is so important. Yeah. I'll make that. And fuck it, like be nice for be polite. Try to be on time. Try to do the shit like you said you were gonna do. Exactly. Because like people remember that stuff. You do. They really do. And it's, yeah. And it's kind of crazy because like, you know, I, I've been in a situation where I've like, I've worked with people and they like have referred me to other people to work with and they like put a good word in for me. And I've only like, maybe I wrote an article about them once. Yeah. It, but it's like, you're right. Like people, like people are watching people, you know, we're watching to like make, to make it sound weird. No, that's but like, movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's your movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, and like, even always look at opportunities of like, oh, like someone did me like a big one or like someone give you a leg up and it's like, yeah, but like, what did you do to get into that person's snowman? Exactly. Like, what kind of reputation have you like built for yourself that someone was like, oh, this person's going to be a good person for you to work on? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. That kind of shit just sort of happened. Yeah. I mean, and of course, it doesn't just happen. Yeah. You've done all kinds of things exactly. to make that happen. Exactly. But I mean, I think like luck is kind of a bad word for it almost because I don't know very many people who like, even if they would call themselves lucky, didn't do a lot of work to get to a point where somebody noticed them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. Excuse I like that. Um, kind of going off this random question that like, it's the random lights after boat. So, okay, you have a hundred dollars, all right? And those hundred dollars, you get to spend your money between like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack. But you can carry over your money, but you got to spend a hundred dollars that whole night. What, like, where would you go? What would you buy? And like, why? Okay. I mean, for breakfast, I'm probably going to Hudson, which I might get flamed for even like mentioning this place. But cool, y'all are never going to go there. It's a diner in yep. Georgetown. That's deep. They don't allow kids, which like 100%, no kid. Yeah. So cool. And it's just like the shit. It's like kind of divey. You get a really good intersection of like 
blue collar workers, like hipster kids, old punks, like ex cool kids. Yeah. Like it's just an interesting mix of people. The food is out of control good and it's yeah. not super expensive. Yeah. Um, I've been going to breakfast at Hudson. Okay. Um, I probably for lunch. Oh, 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 oh. Wow, yeah. I'm gonna play it to get some fun. Good choice. Um, probably look at it like a bar or it should be at the top of the street that you threw in here with like the fish tank. Dang, there's like a couple out that Tan Brothers. Oh, but the Tan Brothers on Aurora. Just specifically that one. Okay. <laughs> and check what I got lab like. 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, Okay. I don't know why I still can't remember the difference between Pike and Pine. I've only lived here for almost two decades. But, um, super cute little Italian place. Okay. The food is out of control good. I'm pretty sure that three servers there have worked there for, like, at least a decade. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of one of my favorite, like, I'm going to be fancy, but I could also roll in here in jeans. And it's chill. Like, old little neighborhood spot. It's been around forever. Yeah. Again, glass of wine, made of fettuccine alfredo, Ooh. probably a Caesar. And that's why it's been the one that's been in my money. I like that. It's a good choice. So you got Hudson's, then you got... Latin. I mean, Tan Brothers, like all the Tan Brothers are good, but yeah. beer more wine is like flat for something. So you get a cream pack with your fun. That's, yep. that's the whole like French Vietnamese like and orange situation. So yeah. It's a good voice. That's cool. Um so I guess my next one is uh what what are like all right, how do I trade them? What are your like your top five shows you played in, in Seattle um within like let's say the last ten years? Uh and of those five, which one was like the most memorable and like why it was a memorable? Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, you know, we just, our first show back after COVID was at the Neptune with, oh, ben, you got- yeah, with Kappa overall, who like I'm a huge fan. And like to get to open for him was so amazing. But just like we never played Neptune before. And so to like get to come back. After two years and play that venue, why? Like super magical. Mm-hmm. So I mean, full disclosure, my current boyfriend played in the opening bands, but we didn't start hanging out until like a couple months later. But it's like the first time we'd seen each other in a long time, and so it's like that kind of like dear to my heart. Yeah. And our first block party. One wild, like we played at Barbosa, 
my dad was there, oh, which was cool. like very cool. Like I brought my dad to block party. And yeah. like, I'm so sorry. This is such a I'll buy all of your drinks. Yeah. And I worked at Laugh Lake. So like I worked in the block and, you know, like you were getting ready to start and they're like, hey, like you guys are actually running a little bit early. So can you wait? Because, you know, pets will type yeah, everything. Of course. Like, so. can you wait for a minute? Then, you know, there was maybe like, 20, 30 people. Yeah. Like, okay, like, we got added. We, I think it was the first year of our Bozo was a venue for block party. Yeah. But it's like, we got added kind of lame. Like, we're ringing you know. them. Yeah. And we walked backstage. And I was like, all right, guys. Well, like, that'll be fun. Yeah. And it, right before we went out, I tapped the curtain over. And it was, like, staged to the fucking back of the room. Like, we were at capacity, like, a song in. Wow. And I just, like, I remember walking out and being like, what the fuck? Like, and we had just played a sold-out show there maybe two months beforehand. But that felt like that was so much hustle and so much work. Like, we were out in the streets fucking selling tickets from, like, yeah. to walk into this set that we thought was going to be, like, crickets and yeah. buddy yeah. and have it be, like, literally packed. Well, That meant so much. Um... I mean, like, we've had, like, some really fun times, like, uh, yeah. I mean, being a band for 10 years, like, right? Oh, I mean, like, we got to open for Tank and the Bangers. Wow, that's Who, like, we, uh, all did Too Many Deaths the same year. So they won. And then we got selected for the Tiny Death Shipcase here. Oh and then I literally just... Saw they were coming through town, hit up their booking company and was like, do they have an opener? Like we were, you know, part of the Tanita showcase, like they'd love to play. Mm-hmm. And so we not only got to play a sold out show at the Crocodile, old Crocodile, uh, RIP. But then yeah. here we got to play with them in Vancouver, which was also a sold out show. Yeah. And like, that was wild. Like yeah. those two shows in a row, like. So much fun. Yes. I remember, I think like another really fun one was we got to open for a tuxedo, like Mayor Hawthorne and Jake Wine. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm almost a Seattle kid at this point. I love Jake Wine, like really? huge fan. Yeah. So like to get to, I mean, and I love Mayor Hawthorne too, so to get to like play with tuxedo, like, so much fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What's else? Well, I'm, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it, it is, it is kind of cool to like look back at like shows and things that you've done and it's, it's kind of fun. It is, it, it's a lot of fun. And that even like that example of like the Barbosa show where like you thought it was just like 10 people. Yeah. And then it's like, damn, it's all of the back, like it's, it's cool to see like that. Just like, you know, well, one from like both perspectives as the artist and yeah. as a band, because you're like, I got in here good, like at the right time to see me on my favorite. Yeah. Party. Um, and you know, that was kind of like our first, that was our first block party. So I don't think like, you know, everyone's really thinking about like, oh, these shows really like empty out and pack out like yeah. five minutes, then like, has the timing. And now this summer is going to be our fifth block party, oh. and we get to play main stage for the first time. Whoa. And that really, 
like that really means a lot. Like that's all. Moving from Barbosa to playing at Demos. And now, like, we finally get to do main stage. I'm like, they don't buy it with all the beautiful people. Yeah. That's so cool. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, no, no, it's awesome. Oh, um, I guess kind of off the dock, can you tell me about, uh, about the festival that you're playing in May? Uh, Meltdown Blue. Yeah. After now, uh, you got part of it. So, uh, you know, like, the girls in La Fonda, like, They've been doing this festival a little kind of for a minute. It was Beltown Bash before, and then they kind of rebranded this year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like when they reached out to me, it's like it's definitely a festival I've been to before. Really, always appreciated like their kind of focus on like uh, women-fronted bands, femme-fronted bands, like non-binary queer people, like really being in the forefront, and. Also, I mean, who is super amped to play in this brand new crocodile city? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like doing these like kind of smaller, like more local focused festivals, one is so awesome. And it's really cool to see more of them pop up. Like, oh, hey, there are enough fucking cool bands in this town that we could pack a venue out Friday and a Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even have to come out. They're like, yo, we got in bands night for you, like, from party. Yeah. Like, I just, I love to see that. Like, I love to see smaller bands get these opportunities to, like, headline, mm-hmm. play, like, more prominent sets because, like, you know, it's not the biggest festival, but... It's so I think something people are gonna have like respect for. It's, I mean, especially just like Feltown Bloom, like, you know, Lafonda, like they've got a lot of goodwill going for them. Like a lot of people were really like are down for them. Yeah, so, definitely. That's also Yeah. It's really fair. Yeah, it yeah, it is. It is a really interesting theme. I, I guess it always goes back to our beginning, the progression of the city from here to here. Like mm-hmm. you know. Like the festivals I knew of, uh, was like, you know, uh, obviously the block party was, yeah. and like, I never got to go to South spot and I would regret that for the rest of my life. Upstream. Yeah. Upstream never went, I never got to go rip to fall out of the nose world. Never yeah. got that one. Um, and then like, you know, these other like bigger ones that come here, but it's cool. Bumper shoot, but that's another talk in my other. Yeah. Right. Anyways, but. But yeah, like you said, like these smaller ones are cool, and and it's kind of interesting to see like what the progression is going to be. Maybe five years from now, like maybe one of these like smaller ones or these like like newer established ones then can kind of enter into the sphere of like your rock parties and your whatever. I mean, all those festivals cool. started somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. Uh, I mean, I think at the end of the day too, like. Looking at some of these smaller, like, sort of local based stuff, like, it's accessibility. Not everyone has, like, $200, $150 to, like, go to a show. Maybe you have $50. Maybe you have $40. Yeah. And, like, to get to, you know, see 10, 20 vans, but. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So cool. Um, I'd like a few more questions. Sure. so kind of going off of like these festivals, what do you have next for like, obviously like Belton Bloom and onwards, like 
What are y'all cooking up? Um, we've got another kind of small festival happening in Capitol Hill in June. It's not announced yet because I feel like they can't release then. Going up. But it's at um, a newer local music venue that'll be early June. Um, and we have Timber the same weekend as Walk Party. We have Beltown Bloom, obviously. Yeah. Um, we are. <laughs> This is like the most exciting thing, and it's not announced it either, but we're playing with some local Seattle band, but haven't played Shadow in a flat minute. Okay. At the beginning of September. Okay. That I'm really excited about. Um, we'll be putting the music out. We have our first single out, Murder Hornet. We dropped that in February. Uh, we'll have two more, and then our full length called Entomology, uh, all bug themed. Uh, that'll be coming out probably end of September. Okay. So we've got a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, is there a reason why it's bug themed or? You know, uh, a couple of like the rough drafts for some of these songs were just like arbitrarily like named after insects. Like our keyboard player at the time was just like on a run, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and so. I was like, what if we just kind of ran with this? Like, sort of like ornithology, but like, instead it's all about love. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, some of the songs are maybe more like, obviously, like about what they're named after, but some of it's maybe a little more like esoteric, but yeah. I like that. I don't like bugs, but I'll listen to the project. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the thing, too, because, like, you know, some people are really unsettled by the creepy crawlies. And some of the subject matter of the song is, like, is unsettling. Yeah. I mean, I like warrings. I had a pet warring, but that it was a separate story for another day. <laughs> but. Well, I've had worm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I hate it. It lasted a long time in terms of the average lap lifespan. I don't even know how long a worm. I think it lasted like a week or two. Like I was young, so I didn't know how to beat it. But you know, it was still in dirt. So even if it didn't live, it it's not going anywhere. Yet. Right. Don't get dirt. It's the book. Anyways, what? <laughs> it's improvisational aside. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I guess I've two hours. So, so yeah. this is a question I asked everybody towards the end of the interview. And so it's when, when everything's all said and done and you've done the things you wanted to do, be it music, live, whatever, do you want to be recognized or do you want to be remembered for what well, you do? That's kind of a legacy topic. Well, I guess I'd so much rather be remembered, but I, I don't know, like I've worked in like hospitality industry the full time I lived here, I am fucking over being recognized. Like a tiny bit of anonymity. I really crave it sometimes. Like they have to like walk down Broadway and now be like, I could saw ten people my value. Yeah. But at the same time, it does feel nice to like walk into a show and be like, I feel comfortable in this space because I know all these fucking people and they know who I am and like I don't know. It squashes a little bit of that, like just social anxiety, a little bit to yeah. be like, okay, I know people and I know they play like me. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, 
I hope that we can continue having like a certain reputation and like respect and seen like I really try to go out of my way to be kind and offer as many opportunities to other people that that have been offered to us. Like, it really means a lot to me to be in a position where we get to headline a lot and build our own bill. And so just to even just, like, present a book cover with, like, well, here's a list of 10 bands. I'm a guest. You don't know some of these bands, but you should. And if I can even, like, get somebody on somebody's radar, even if I don't get to book them for that show, yeah, like, that's important to me. Because, I mean, someone gave us a chair. So... If I can extend that and like, if that's our legacy, that like, yeah. <laughs> we were nice guys and we got other people good shows. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And, uh, I like that. That is very, that's very no, but and we, I really appreciate that. I mean, you know, it's pretty impressive. You, know? you hit people up and they generally remember the favor. It's maybe not entirely like selfless, but. I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, like, like you said, like someone brought you here and you're bringing someone here and someone's going to bring that person there, but it, it, it all goes back to the original person in a weird way. So, or to you also, you know? Yeah. I mean, also just makes me feel good. I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah, I like this band and you should too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like... And I like that. So, um, where can the wandering ear support you? Where can our... Our crew support your crew, join your crew, be your friends. Um, uh, you can definitely follow us on Instagram. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. This is pretty much just me being an idiot. So, like, there's that. Um, uh, Bandcamp is a great place to buy our music, buy our merch. Um, we also have Venmo if y'all just want to, like, shoot us some dollar bills because we think we're cute. And then, uh, absolutely, yeah, follow us on social. We've got so much happening in the next few months. We'd love to share that with all y'all and your readers and uh, listeners. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude, thank you so much. Yeah, I know. You're mad. You're like, Daniel, why do you keep ending these episodes so good at, like, the right time? And I don't know. I guess it's my specialty. But, like I always say, with all good things, you have to come to an end. But don't worry, because... One day we may bring back Bricks and Swells back onto the podcast. We'll see. But big love to Bricks and Swells. Big love especially to Marquetta for just inviting me and to come speak to you and interview you and just speak with you and just kind of spend time with you. I appreciate that. Thank you for the advice also that you gave to me kind of off the air, I guess you would say, just about music and all that. I appreciate that. And it's cool to kind of just see someone who's doing this the stuff that you want to do and is doing it well so i appreciate that um so much love to you and and again thank you to you all for just being down to listen to this amazing limited series that we're doing with belton bloom uh who was run by veronica and valerie i appreciate you all thanks for allowing me in the wandering year to kind of take this chance of trying something new uh, we've never dropped like this amount of episodes this uh, in this short of time. So it's going to be interesting. But anyway, appreciate you all. Thank you so much. 
And yeah, I'm gonna drink some Gatorade, eat some chips, and uh, listen to this episode. So stay safe, be smart, don't do anything dumb, and we'll see you for part three of this limited series. All right, bye.